Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. I am going to need a new wall calendar very soon, which means it's time for the wealth is in the details to tackle a pesky issue. I'm Patrice Sikora with your host, Peter Raskin. And Peter, it is that time of year. The clock is ticking. Days are getting shorter and cooler. It is hard to believe that Thanksgiving and Christmas are just around the corner. But from a financial perspective, we have less than two months to do tax planning. So what should our listeners be thinking about? Yeah, it, it, it's really hard to believe how quickly the year comes and passes us. Yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible. <laughs> and, and probably by the time people are actually going to be listening to this, it'll be uh, pro- probably closer to, to, to December. Um, so, you know, I, I, I talk about, I've talked about tax planning in, in, in previous podcasts and, and I want to stress once again, that tax planning is, is a year round process that ideally starts in January, not November and December, but, but nonetheless, we're, we're here. And I think the end of the year is a good reminder to make an assessment, to see how the year played out and make, make any adjustments that can make a difference. Well, this is a, a big, complicated topic because you say it's it's not just a two-month process. This is an, an annual thing. So how do you want to frame this discussion? Because there is a lot. Yeah, and we because of that, we just can't we just can't go through every single planning strategy available to all listeners at all times. Just, we just can't do it. So but but I'd like to just kind of hone in on on a few really five considerations that are what I think are are the most powerful, impactful over a longer period of time, not just a tax, one tax year, but 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 Im- I- impactful over many, many years. All right, then let's let's start with number one. We'll do all five. But number one, tax bracket planning. Yeah, this sounds really boring, doesn't it? Um, but I but I think it <laughs> but I, I think it's really the, the a great starting place. So whenever we start planning engagement with our clients, one of the first things I want to know is what what's their marginal tax bracket. And when I ask clients that, if I, if I do, they don't know what I'm talking about most of the time. So so I find the most helpful document for me is to review their their most recent federal tax return, mm-hmm. and it gives me a lot of good information. Um, what what it's important for our clients to understand is that tax rates are tiered, meaning the tax due on the first. $22,000 is 10%. That's if you're married filing jointly. But the tax due on income from $22,000 to $89,450 is taxed at 12%. And the tax due on taxable income from $89,000 to $190,750 is taxed at 22%. Do I sense and, a pattern and, here? Yeah, there's a pattern. And, and these tax brackets continue to go up. There's 24%, there's 32%, there's 35%. And for joint income, over $693,000, it's taxed at 37%. You know, I, I, I say, should should everyone have that problem? Really, um, really. <laughs> but, but, and beyond that, there are additional taxes that may affect us. 
So for example, many of our clients with income over $200,000 for a single taxpayer and $250,000 for married taxpayers are subject to an additional tax on net investment income. That that tax is at 3.8%. So it's kind of piling on, right? Um, For those clients on Medicare, they, they may be subject to an additional surcharge on their Medicare premiums called the IRMA premium, I-R-M-A. Uh, it's an income adjustment to their mm-hmm. premium. Uh, and this this surcharge increases their Medicare premiums. If their joint modified adjusted gross income exceeds $194,000. So it, again, it, it, it kind of piles on. It creeps up on you these these uh, tax brackets. So, uh, and I just want to point out that there's a um, a tax guide on our website at raskinplanning.com in the resource center, which people can refer to. And I think it's a good, it's a good thing to just keep on your desk and, you know, for whenever you're thinking about how much you pay in tax, think about those marginal tax brackets. And you mentioned, I mean, you're, the one thing you did mention in here too, single versus married taxpayer, not only are things creeping up on you literally because you're taxed here, you're taxed there, but it depends on how you file. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're married, you could file as two single individuals. Yeah. And so it gets, it, it's really complicated. The, the, the accounting, uh, the, the accountants will, will do that analysis and determine what's the best filing for a family because mm-hmm. it, it, it does depend. So I think once you understand what tax brackets are all about, then I think you can see how important it is to project what your taxable income might be. And it gives you a lot of insight. So it, that's that's a, a part of our conversation with clients is, what do you think your future taxable income will be? I, some, sometimes it's a guess, but sometimes it's a reasoned approach. You know, we, 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 we have a good sense of what that might be. Uh, and we're trying to get understand what the... Th- are, are they on the threshold of a tax bracket? If one more dollar will bring them into uh, an additional cost for their Medicare Medicare premiums, we want to know that. Um, so we want to consider strategies that can defer income or maybe accelerate deductions and strategies to manage capital gains and losses to keep you maybe in that lower tax bracket if you're within, within margins. Um, and so... It's just vital to know what those deductions are. So there's a lot. There's a lot here uh, that people need to think about. Um, th- there's uh, each of us is av- has available to us uh, the federal standard deduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2023, for a single person, that's thirteen thousand eight hundred fifty dollars. And if you're married, filing jointly is twenty seven thousand seven hundred dollars. And here, here's the issue. If you hit the state and local tax limitation of $10,000, that means you can't, you can't deduct any more than $10,000 if you've got state income taxes and, and state, for example, and city property taxes, for example. Right. If, if that totals $10,000 or more and, and you don't have, you, you, and if your mortgage interest and your charitable deductions and your medical expense deductions, if, all of those added up together don't exceed the standard deduction, then you probably can't itemize. You have to use the standard deduction. Okay. And this is important as you're making your year-end decisions. 
So I, I want to stress something that's really important to me is that we aren't doing, we're not having these discussions in a vacuum. Um, we're, we're really bringing in the client's tax advisor. You know, we don't do tax preparation. The accountant that, that our clients work with really has a, a, a real clear understanding and, and, and knows the clients and we want to get their professional tax advice. So it's just an important thing I want to stress that we, we're in collaboration with, with our clients' advisors. Mm-hmm. And I recommend that everyone work with an advi- a, a tax advisor to help them through this process. And to help them gather all the information. And because you can get it some, but I'll bet you the tax advisor might ask another question and they'll, they'll, the client will remember something else that they haven't told you. So you've yeah. got to work together. Exactly. All right. Roth conversions. We, we heard about this quite a bit over the last few years. This is on your list of impactful planning considerations too. Why? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, o- over the years, we've also talked about uh, Roth IRAs and, and Roth 401k advantages. You know, the, the, the big advantages, tax-free accumulation uh, and no required minimum distributions uh, um, when someone is now reaching age, age 73. Mm-hmm. Um, those are big advantages. Um, many of our clients that have significant retirement plan account balances um, should really be thinking about that. And, and those clients have two concerns. Those clients that have these big account balances in the retirement plans is that they're required minimum distributions during their lifetime and the required minimum distributions over over a compressed 10-year time period uh, when their kids inherit their IRAs, um, those, those are big issues for clients. And these, these required distributions are, are taxable, and they can push taxpayers into a much higher tax bracket. So our, our clients want to avoid these additional income taxes. Um, and they need to be thoughtful about it and kind of map out how this is going to affect them. Um, so, so anyone at whatever income can convert traditional IRAs to a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And, and, and unfortunately, these conversions have have a tax consequence. And the taxable the taxable amount of the IRA you're converting is taxable in the year you convert to a Roth IRA. That could be considerable. It could be considerable. You don't have to um, necessarily convert 100% of your taxable IRAs, uh, but it, 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 whatever you convert is taxable in that year. Okay. So you want to manage them these conversions over, over a period of years. And here's just an example. If Jane has a million dollars in her IRA and she's recently retired at age 60, and doesn't expect to need to take Social Security until age seventy. Uh, you know she can t- convert, let's say fifty thousand dollars per year to her Roth IRA. So over ten years, that's five hundred thousand dollars that she can convert, and in that that additional income that that she's converting each year, um, may keep her in a twenty two percent marginal tax bracket. So. Oh. Although it it is a cost, she'll have to pay income taxes on that. She's not driving up her 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 taxable bracket. tax bracket, yeah. and that seems like a, a reasonable current tax cost, which is affordable to to Jane in the situation. And here's the advantage: is that that, that it's got 
real tax advantages to her, her husband, and her kids eventually. Yeah. So, so when I talk about impact, I'm talking about not just now. The impact right now is frankly negative for her because she's got to come up with some tax money, but she can afford it. Uh, but the, what's really impactful is 10, 15, and 20 years. And beyond that, to, for her kids, when they inherit her IRAs, there'll be Roth IRAs and they'll be tax-free to those kids. And the kids will thank her. And the kids will thank her. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I hope they do. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right. Well, the end of the year is also a time when many people start thinking about charitable gifts. But our charitable giving... That, that can have a significant impact on communities. We certainly hope it does. W what are the planning opportunities? Yeah, they're, they're really significant. Um, and, and, and I just want to say, not, not all of our listeners are charitably inclined, and, and, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so this conversation is really for those that are, are, are charitably inclined, that really want to you know, give their money to, to, to charity. And those opportunities are significant. So the first thing we need to do is, is look, is think about those standard deductions. If you're not giving enough to charity, you may not exceed the standard deduction. And therefore, the charitable gift isn't going to help you from a tax perspective. Okay. So again, let's just, you know, as an example, you've got the $10,000 uh, property tax limitation and state income tax limitation. Um, and if you're giving an additional, let's say $5,000 a year to charity, um, you're, and that's the, those are the only deductions you have that totals 15,000 and you're a joint taxpayer, then you're not, you're not deducting that $5,000. You're, you're getting the standard deduction of 27,000 mm -hmm. anyway. So you've lost in a sense that, that $5,000 deduction. So, so let's give an ex another example. Jane doesn't usually exceed the standard deduction, but she has $250,000 of a, of a single company stock that was given to her 15 years ago. Her, she inherited it, mm -hmm. it w when the stock price was low, but now it's grown a lot. And her, her basis in this example was $25,000. That means if she sells her stock, she has to pay a big capital gain. Yeah. She wants to reduce her risk of owning so much in one company. That's a that's a big that's a big concentration of stock. And she just she while she feels good about the company, she she just wants to reduce the holding and diversify. If she sells sells it all right, she'll have to pay significant capital gains tax tax. But but she can gift fifty thousand dollars of that stock to a donor advised fund, which is a charitable. A charitable fund. It's a public mm -hmm. charity. And she's able to deduct the full $50,000 as, as a charitable deduction. Hi, this is Catherine Broy from the Raskin Planning Group. Apologies for the interruption. Thanks so much for listening to Wealth is in the Details. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, please visit our website at www.raskinplanning.com. Look for the podcast's show notes and connect with us via social media. So this, then the stock is sold in this tax-free environment, this charitable trust, and it's reinvested in a, in a balanced portfolio. So she's diversified. And then annually, 
she can she'll she can request that the fund make distributions to her favorite charitable organizations. So it, it, in in this in this example, the gift's gonna will fund at least five years worth of charitable giving for Jane's family. So that's a win-win. It, it's a win-win. Now it, it, another advantage is, is this large charitable gift and tax deduction. Because it it now might allow her to convert more of her traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, keeping her in a lower tax bracket. So she she can do two things at once. She can make a charitable gift that's significant. Mm -hmm. She gets the charitable deduction. And then maybe she can accept a little bit more income from a Roth conversion. Okay. You know, okay. Do you like having these conversations with people about doing good with money? I'm sure they, they must be really heartwarming. I love it. I love it, especially with clients that are charitably inclined. It kind of opens up their eyes. And, you know, we we start the conversation. You know, a lot of people don't think of themselves as wealthy and and don't think of themselves as making large gifts. And and then we have these conversations. We talk about the tax advantages. And then I find that um, that they're they're giving a lot more (laughs) than than they thought they ever could. And, and that's inspiring. That's fantastic. They must really feel so good about what they're doing. And, and I, obviously you do too. So what about gifting? What are we discussing here? What's the difference? Yeah, this is not necessarily tax impactful, but it can be. So I, I, I think, you know, gifting or, or something one you should consider at the end of the year, gifting to family members, for example, oh, children. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so uh, in this case, um, the federal government allows you and allows an individual to gift up to $17,000 per person per year. And we call that the annual exclusion gift. Uh, If someone gives more than $17,000 per year to a donee, um, there's a uh, there's a simple information form, a gifting form that, that should be filed with the IRS each year. But there's no necessarily there's not necessarily a tax due on that gift to anyone. Hmm. Um, and in 2023, for clients giving less than almost 13 million dollars, there isn't a tax due. <laughs> so a lot of people can make gifts wow, to yeah. to to others. Um, uh, under current law, the this annual gifting limitation. Is is that thirteen million, and it's scheduled to reduce to six million five hundred thousand dollars per person in twenty twenty six. So, just some considerations. Not all of our listeners have those kind of assets, but but some do. Um, and if you're approaching these limitations, uh, you know, gift and tax planning is really vital, and you need to have conversations with your financial, tax, and legal professionals. Yep, that's what we do. Uh, but you definitely want to have those conversations. But but for many of our listeners, they're not approaching these 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 limitations, and therefore the annual exclusion is something that they should consider. It just they by keeping it under seventeen thousand dollars, they 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 avoid the tax uh, the, that tax filing return. And so that, I think that's that's something an important consideration. Right. Right. But why gift though? I mean, you could do it you know, willy nilly if you wanted to. Yeah, I, you, you can. But but I think to have a um, a plan giving strategy can be powerful to to a powerful way to to transfer wealth and opportunities to to a, another generation. 
uh, you know, here I'm thinking of of, of, of investing in 529 plans, mm, yeah. uh, education plans to help kids and grandkids really, you know, get advanced degrees. And and to me, you know, advanced degrees are are a fantastic investment. Uh, you can use it to help them buy homes. Um, they, they, they for, for a single seventeen thousand dollars, not going to help buy that much of a home these days. <laughs> but if you're gifting over over many years, and that's the goal, is to gift so that the child can eventually um, purchase, uh, you know, make a, a significant down payment. Um, that that's that's impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, helping them fund uh, Roth IRAs and 401k pan- plans. Um, I've had clients who help them buy long-term care insurance. Now that's um, an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, they, smart you know, one, very smart. Yeah, they, I mean, they've got kids that are in their uh, 30s and 40s, and the parents and grandparents say, you know, this is something that is going to help you for your retirement planning. You're in good health now. I'm going to buy it for you, and it's just a, a wonderful gift. I think. Um, so, you know, setting up charitable funds so that the family can, can gather together once a year and decide how they want to give, give family wealth away. That's not necessarily helping the family transfer, you know, wealth to, to a second generation, but it's helping the family stay together and, and deal right. and work on values that, that they all can agree on, mm-hmm. um, so, so there's lots of these estate and gifting strategies that can that can make transfers really efficient and, and powerful. Um, we don't have time to to talk about all those today, but I, I wanted to to mention it as an important consideration for families. All right. Well, the last item on your list is realized capital gain and loss. The plan that goes into this. Talk to me about this. Yeah, I think it's um, it's underutilized and underappreciated. Uh, strategy that that really should be implemented each and every year throughout the year. Um, so let me just review again, long-term mm-hmm. capital gains are, are taxed at a, a much lower rate than regular income. They're taxed at zero, 15, or 20%. Um, and so th- that's why we kind of focus on that. Um, and it's important to just understand what a, what a, a a capital gain is if you're buying an asset for a dollar and you sell it for two dollars, you have a gain. You have a capital gain, mm-hmm. and that's taxable. Um, what 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 you need to understand is whether it's a short term gain, which means you've you've held that asset for 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 less than twelve months. That's short term. It's long term if you've held that asset for longer than for twelve months or longer. And so we want long-term capital gains because those are 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 taxed at a lower bracket than short-term gains. Short-term gains are taxed as regular income. So a lot there, but but it's uh, okay. it's important those, to understand the difference in short-term and long-term. Okay, those are all gains though. Where we talk about losses. Yeah. Well, losses are are, are on the flip side of gains. If you're investing in something, um it's likely not not we don't we don't we're not hoping for this, but it, it, it's possibility that your investment doesn't pay off. And maybe your, your, your dollar becomes 50 cents or 80 cents. That's hmm. a loss. And it could be a short-term loss, meaning you've held the asset for less than 12 months and you've sold it at, at a loss. Or it could be a long-term loss. Hmm. And, 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 you're, and you're selling it for you know, you've held it for longer than 12 months and you still sell it for a loss. <laughs> uh, but but the advantage of losses 
is that those losses can be used to offset gains. Hmm. So if you have a portfolio of, let's say, 25 or 30 or 40 or 50 stocks um, or bonds, some of them may have capital gains. Some of them may have losses. I mean, it's likely that that one, two, five, ten have losses in any given year. It just it's it's just what to expect. Those losses can be used to offset gains. They can also be used to offset up to three thousand dollars. Those losses can be used to offset up to three thousand dollars of regular income. So you can, if you uh, buy a stock, sell it for a loss. Let's say you have a, a loss of three thousand dollars. Um, that loss can be used to offset your income, hmm. regular income. And it, you know, if you're in a high tax bracket, let's say a 35% marginal tax bracket, that could save you almost you know a thousand dollars per year in taxes. Yeah. Now, the, the, for for that's not a lot. Every, but once, but but if you do it over and over again over the years, that adds up. Um, the other advantage of losses is that you don't lose them. They get carried forward every year. So let's say instead of $3,000 of losses, you have $5,000 of losses. You can use $3,000 in, in year one to offset regular income. And then the following year, you can use the, the additional $2,000 of losses to offset income in that next year. So in a way, you're turning um, lemons, which are losses, into lemonade. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but 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 this needs to be done on an ongoing, in, as an ongoing process throughout the year. It can be, certainly be looked at at the end of the year, but I find it very powerful if you're doing this throughout the year because throughout the year, um, stocks and bonds have losses. They may recover some of those losses, but maybe you take advantage of them mid mid part of midpoint of the year and as you say this is an annual annual ongoing thing too if you're going to use three thousand dollars to offset in one year you still have that two thousand in the second year you're you have to be looking forward to this and understanding where you're going to use it right exactly yep it's so it's very it can be very powerful and can really enhance um your portfolio returns if you're if you're taking advantage of it over, over time right Another thing to, to think about um, are mutual funds. Um, a lot of our clients hold mutual funds and, and mutual funds are a great way to invest. It, it, it diverse, you, you, you're able to buy a diversified portfolio of stocks and, and bonds. Um, one tax problem with mutual funds is they, they must distribute their realized capital gains annually. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and many clients um, aren't expecting those, those, those distributions. Matter of fact, even if the, the mutual fund has a has is worth less at the end of the year, you still might have capital gains because the, the mutual fund may have sold uh, stocks that are held in the fund for losses. Or, or, I'm sorry, for gains for during gains, the year. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, so you may have distributions, capital gain distributions that are taxable, even in years where your where your portfolio went down. And you're not going to know that until they report that. So how do you deal with that? How do you? Yeah, that we're we're actually uh, many of the mutual fund companies are 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 letting are are making estimates now. 
okay. kind of at the beginning of November, mid mid November. They're estimates that that we don't know for certain what they'll be, but they're estimates what those realized capital gain distributions will be. So there's a way to, you know, you you again, you won't know until the end of the year. But the recommendations there are to, um, especially if you've got losses in your mutual fund, you may want to sell those those shares before the dividends are actually um, uh, oh, distributed. Distributed, right. Yeah. And then you can take advantage of the loss of the fund and you're not going to be taxed on the distribution. If you wait until the 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 capital gains are distributed then you're you're not only paying tax you're you're paying tax on those capital gains got it got it a lot of moving parts here peter so yep. many moving parts oh i yep. think we we have to keep talking about year end tax planning but as you mentioned earlier on at the very beginning of this podcast this is not an end of year thing really we've got to start the conversation again early in 2024 so let's do that don't wait until till year end folks out there you got to listen to peter <laughs> I think it's a good idea. We'll we'll do a t- we'll we'll do a tax planning um, podcast toward the beginning of the year. I love it. All right. So, Peter, how can listeners reach you? Because I know there are going to be questions. Yeah, I, I, probably the, the best place to, to to reach us is through our website. Um, it's got our contact information. That's raskinplanning.com. I think that's helpful. Then also you can they can f- find that um, that tax guide under the resource yeah. section. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, if you haven't already, follow Peter and the Wealth is in the Details podcast for the latest episodes and, of course, insights. And there were a lot in this episode. Also, share with those you care about. And thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.